Hey guys, welcome back to Broadway Vibes Only. It's Josh here. We just wanted to say how excited we are to be back and to be recording. Um, we're hoping to give you some more regular content starting this fall, and we hope you enjoy this brand new episode back with Sammy Han of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. Bye. So we're going to get right into it. So can you just give us a little bit of background? I know, obviously, you've been doing professional stuff now for a really long time. How did you even get into that professional realm? Like, what was that first step you took that was like, I want to do professional voice or acting or whatever that first professional step for you was? Um, my first, my first professional show was actually a musical adaptation of The Nutcracker. Um, and so I think I saw it on backstage.com and my mom drove me into the city for the audition. Um, and I just remember it being like so fun. And I was working with like people of different ages, you know, not just high school or community theater where it's like everybody your own age, but I was like, okay, like this is really cool. And like, I was like, I definitely want to keep doing this. Um, and then I started doing like more intensives in the city, um, and learning about like audition prep and, that kind of got me into like the more more auditions and more professional stuff. And I heard a lot at those classes, like people being like, hey, like you should do voiceovers. You have a really unique voice. Um, and that's what got me started in voiceovers because I was like, OK, like this sounds like, you know, something cool. Um, but, yeah, it was really just all of those classes I took in the city got me into it. Great. Um, that's so interesting. So how old were you when you um, did this first Nutcracker musical? And can you tell me more about that? I'm actually really curious now. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's, it was so good, actually. It was, I don't know, it was, it was really fun. Um, I think it was like 17, I want to say. Um, and I was kind of like, there were three girls who were kind of like in the ensemble slash, like, you know, we had this really funny song. Um, and it was so good. It was like all the music in the Nutcracker, but they put like, um, music and lyrics to it. And it's really good. I don't know if it's still happening anywhere or what's going on with that, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah, no, I was going to say so fun and so interesting. I feel like that would be such a fun thing to see. I've never heard of that. I wonder, I wonder if that's like a niche thing. Like genuinely, I've never heard of anyone putting that on, but I would love to see that. Yeah, that it was like, so it was fun. A whole mental production of it. So I don't know if it went anywhere, but I hope it does because it was really good. No, that sounds like kind of fun. I'm going to look that up when this is over. <laughs> um, okay, so you did that. And then what did you, did you do voice acting first? Did you do... Um, stage acting more stage acting after that what what brought you into like specifically like the voice acting and um kind of like which roles did you do the, the first first voice acting that I did life. was um trinket the unicorn in Nella the princess night and that was the first one I did and it was also the first callback I ever got and it was also like a really big one so it was like really exciting um I did the audition and then I did the callback and then I didn't hear that I booked the part until like a month after the callback and I was like well I thought the callback went really badly actually so I was like so surprised but also I had like completely forgotten about the audition and I was like I don't remember like what I did for this so it was very surprising um and it was very exciting and I worked on that show for like I think it was like two years like I started when I was like 17 um and then, yeah, I think till I was like, actually, I think till I was like 19 or 20. 
Um, because, yeah, my mom had to come in with me to begin because I was, like, still a minor. And then I, like, outgrew it, and I was still doing it when I was at college, which was really fun. But that show was, like, the best experience ever. Yeah, and what was it like working for a franchise like Nickelodeon? Like, that's, that's I feel like, such, like, a dream job. I, I remember I interviewed for an internship with them, and I was like, if I could get that, like, that would be my dream. Is it is it as amazing as everyone makes it out to be? It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. I gotta say the best thing is, like, they sent me, like, presents, like, for the holidays, and, like, and it was, like, like I have this backpack that I... I wear everywhere that they sent me for like one Christmas and it's like just all the Nickelodeon characters on it and it is so fun and people compliment it all the time um and I love it but but yeah like I would always just get like cards in the mail from them and I'd be like oh my gosh like I'm I'm a, I'm a Nickelodeon kid like that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> did you record here in the city or did you have to get flown out? Yeah no, yeah, I, recorded no I recorded everything in the city. Got it. And how, how long does it take to do, like, a typical episode? Do you, I'm assuming you have to record it, like, a bazillion times. It, 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 was, it was, like, um, I want to say, honestly, it was every other week about I went in for an hour or a couple hours, and we did a couple episodes. Like, maybe, like, it would be, like, two episodes in an hour, I want to say. Um, it's kind of hard to remember. Um... But, yeah, we would do it just line by line. And so my voice director would read through the script with me. And then, like, when it gets to my line, I would do my line, like, a few times. And then, you know, keep going. Um, and then the the harder days were, like, definitely the longer sessions. Sometimes they would have a lot of material. So they would call me in for, like, four hours. And then by the end of it, I was like, eh. I'm going on vocal rest for the rest of the day because <laughs> it's a lot to talk for that long. Yeah, it's I feel like voice acting is like a lot of talking, but it's it's probably so weird to see your voice manifested into this fictional like animated being. Like I remember the first time I saw it, the the unicorn and I was I was so excited. I mean like that was one of the most exciting things in my life was just to see the unicorn and then hear my voice come out of it i was it's so cool i i totally i just love seeing it come together yeah and you said that you um that's really awesome like i i can't even imagine that's so cool um and you mentioned vocal rest like what what kind of vocal rest did you have to do did you have like a strict regimen for how that worked like by a vocal coach or was it just kind of your own it's way, kind of of my doing own way of doing it and what I would do after a session was like kind of like I would do like a little warm-up before a session and then I would have to do like a cool down after the session so kind of go like from because my character is like very very up here um like very very high and very um high energy too and so I would have to kind of like, you know, do like lip trills, like down the scale and, you know, do vocal exercises down to like, kind of like get my voice back, like grounded. And then I would just go just like the rest of the day without talking. And mostly, mostly because I just didn't feel like talking. I was just so tired that I was just like, I just can't talk anymore. I was just like, I just need to be quiet. <laughs> oh my God, no, I'm sure. And I, I can't even imagine just like balancing all of that. It's a weird line to walk to, I guess, because 
you're you're kind of in a situation where you're playing this this children's character and you're you're fully like seventeen like like living out your teenage like what did your friend what did your friends think of this that that's I think really what I want to know. I mean, I had a I like I feel like there are a couple of my friends like from acting who are like, oh my god, this is so cool. But then like other people, it's just like you know they're just like. Oh, like, that's so, like, what? Like, how are you doing that? What do you mean, you know? Um, But, like, my family was so excited. My friends were so excited to see it. But kind of when you're recording, it's a little more exciting, like, to me and a little less exciting to everyone else because I'm, like, I'm doing this and then I come home and I, like, you know, tell everybody, but they can't see anything. So then later they're seeing the episodes on TV and I'm, like, I don't, it's exciting to see it, but it was more exciting when I was actually doing it. So it's kind of like this weird um, balance of like, oh, like, I kind of remember recording that. And then, you know, they're like so excited. But whereas before I was like, this is so cool. And they're like, yeah, it sounds it sounds cool. <laughs> Not that it's like the same exact thing but even that's like how I feel about our podcast too like I love doing it in the moment but I don't listen to our episodes back like frequently or if like some of them I haven't even listened to all the way back because I'm like yeah it was fun and I know it was in the episode but it's weird listening back and everyone's like I love the way it sounds so it's kind of similar but yours obviously like on a much bigger scale so that's really really awesome (laughs) that's so funny I was just gonna say this would be a great time I guess for us to pivot kind of into your theater background um because I think that's kind of what the audience our audience kind of is here for. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about Fiddler. So this production was all in Yiddish, which if people don't know, Yiddish is like ancient Hebrew. It's not really spoken anywhere anymore. Hasn't really been spoken regularly since what, like the 40s, 50s? Um, yeah, what what was that like? How did you even get involved in that production? <laughs> um, I actually, so one of those intensives, like the acting intensives I did in the city, Um, there was a casting director who came into that, who taught us audition technique. And her name was, uh, her name is Jamie Beth Margolis. Um, and she, I like friended her on Facebook. Um, and then one day I saw her post about these auditions for Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. It just popped up on my Facebook page. And she, she had known me as a kid more because I did those intensives when I was like, you know, a little bit younger, like preteen, teenager. And now I was halfway through college at this point. Um, so I was like, maybe if I send her an email, she'll know who I am. And I don't know. So I just, I saw the post and I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm just going to send her an email. Um, and the, and the post was actually, the call was like, Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, looking for male dancers who can sing. And I was like, I didn't see any other posts for the Fiddler on the Roof, but I was like, I know I'd be good in Fiddler on the Roof, so, you know, let me just reach out and see if they're auditioning for any of the daughters, too. And so I sent her an email. I was like, hey, like, I would love to audition for one of the daughters. Um, And she sent me back an audition appointment, and I was like, whoa, okay, this is happening. So that's totally crazy and awesome (laughs) and unexpected. Um, I guess the next thing I kind of want to go into is Joel Gray directed this. Let, let's talk about that. Whoa, that must have been so odd. It was, it was so, so cool. 
he was there at my first audition um, because I came in and I guess was what was like the callback round. Like I came in when they were just doing the Yiddish um, and everything. And he was right there, just like sitting in the middle of the casting table. And I walked in and I was like, okay, he's here. He's, he's right there. That's great. Um, but he was just like actually the warmest person. And I was just, I was expecting to feel like really nervous actually seeing him and I was like the complete opposite because he's just such um a genuine person and he he kind of has that presence that makes you feel like you know he really sees you and he's really there with you um and I'll always remember on our on our very first day of rehearsal when we all came in he came up to each every single person in the room and gave him a big hug and was like you know just talking to them and I was like I did I was like wow like I just felt like he really um connected to everybody and and he he's just so special in that way um, at that point in your life were you kind of already were you like in New York or like was this like what was the timeline between your first job yeah, versus I was, the I was at Manhattan School of Music um studying musical theater and it was this production was supposed to be in the summer for just like a month in the summer it was like a three-week contract. Um, I actually had already booked a summer stock for the summer, but I auditioned for it anyway, thinking it was like a long shot. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to get it. Like, I'll just audition anyway. Um, and then I had to tell the summer stock that I was doing another show. Um, but yeah, it was, it was my sophomore year of college. Um and what I didn't know was that the production was going to, you know, be such high demand and keep extending and extending, um, which that was so crazy and cool. Yeah. So and and so you were still in college. So what did you do whenever that like how did you both? Um, the first week it extended, I like asked my teacher, um, like the head of our program, I was like, uh, my show's extending another week. Can I skip orientation week? Uh, can I only come to a couple things? And she was like, yeah, you know, just come to what you can. So I did that, which was really crazy because I was kind of hopping in and out. And I, I remember like going to orientation and there was a lot of people there. And, you know, it was kind of overwhelming because it was a lot of, you know, questions towards me because I was in this show that was really popular then. And then going back after that to, like, finish rehearsal, like, where I missed the beginning of rehearsal, and I had to go back in the middle of rehearsal and just being like, well, it was kind of like a crazy mix of, like, both worlds that I was in. Um, but then when they extended more than a week, I asked my school, like, you know, is there any way to make this work? And they were like, you can be in the show or you can go to school. So I actually decided... Um, after talking to like a lot of people and just getting a lot of different advice in different directions. Um, I, but I decided that I wanted to go back to school to finish out the year because I was like, I really like the school and I want to get my education. Um, so I went back while they continued the run and I went back to school to, you know, finish out. I did, I did basically half of my junior year. And then I got a call when they were doing the transfer to stage 42, um, being like, hey, you know, we want you back in the show for the uh, stage 42 run. Like, do you want to come back? 
And at that point, I decided that I wanted to take a year off school and go back to the show, which I did, which the timing like could not have been more perfect on, honestly. That, that was really, really great. Um, and so were you in the show whenever yes, it closed? Yes, I was in the show when it closed. Um, and that was right right um, in 2020, um, January, we closed. Um, and yeah, that was that was so emotional because we had all been with the show for so long. And it was kind of one of those things that was like, it was supposed to be just for three weeks. And so every time it got extended, we were all like so surprised and so grateful and so overjoyed. And it was this like little miracle that like kept happening again and again. And we didn't know how long it was going to last. And so the winding down of it was so, um, it was, you know, it was just so beautiful and it was, it was sad. Um, and it was, it was also happy and it was, it was just really beautiful and meaningful. It was really, it was, it was really fun to close the show. I really, I had a good time with it. Oh my God. No, that's, that's amazing. And also like, I mean, something like that, I feel like, like when you start something at like a museum, like you probably never thought it was going to transfer to off Broadway. Like I remember when like this whole thing was blowing up and everyone was like, have you seen Yiddish Fiddler? Like, I was like, no, like, like, I, I haven't even, and then it transferred off Broadway and everyone was going. And I remember my <laughs> parents went, um, was the whole cast Jewish because it was such like a rooted in like such Jewish no. history and like the whole Yiddish thing on top of that? No, we, no, we're not all Jewish. I'm Jewish. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the cast was Jewish. I would say like maybe half and half. Um, and also most of the cast had, you know, no, um, no no yiddish experience like there there were a couple people who were like oh they know some yiddish um and like i think we had like one or two actually who spoke yiddish but most people were just like you know don't know any yiddish and a lot of people weren't jewish either um so let's dive a little bit more into the whole yiddish thing so how how did that even work how did you start learning yiddish who 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 had like how, how, yeah, how do you do it? Like, I don't even, I don't get okay. it. <laughs> so for the, um, for the callback, um, which was the first audition that I did, they sent us all the Yiddish sides. And this is the way the script looks too, but it's basically the Yiddish, the exact translation of the Yiddish to English, and then the original script. So because, you know, like, it has to sound nice and everything, you know, it's not like an exact, exact translation. So they have like the, the Yiddish and then they have the English and then they have the original English. Um, and for the callback, they sent us those, you know, in the sides and then they sent us a pronunciation guide, um, which was literally one of our directors just like speaking the Yiddish and he would speak it slowly and then he would speak it up to tempo. And I learned it solely off of those tapes and I was I was at school and I was like walking between my classes and I just had like my one ear pod in and was just listening to somebody speak in Yiddish in my ear and just like trying to sound like them <laughs> then once we actually started the show we had amazing Yiddish coaches and you know they made sure everything was on point but yeah <laughs> 
And did you have to get those Yiddish coaches? Like, where where did they recruit Yiddish coaches um, from? Well, the the National Yiddish Theater Folksbühne is where it started, and they they do shows in Yiddish all the time. So they have you know they have coaches there, and they have some really great people, and a lot of people who who know Yiddish or or you know very familiar with Yiddish, but a lot who are just fluent in Yiddish. So they they were amazing, and they they really knew how to like teach it to us too, which was great. So would you say that you're like still fluent? Would, would you say that you were ever fluent in Yiddish? And do you, can you no, still speak it now? No, I'm not at all fluent in Yiddish. <laughs> One of the funniest parts of being in a show entirely in Yiddish is when Yiddish speakers would come to see the show. And we would come out, you know, the stage door or just the theater, wherever. And these people come up to us and they start talking to us in Yiddish. And we're like... I don't, you know, I mean, some of us know what they're saying, but I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. I don't speak Yiddish. I only know my lines and some other people's lines. Um, yeah, because, like, I know I know the Yiddish that's in the show. So if I'm in a scene, like, I know what people are saying in the scene. I know some of those words, but I don't know, like, conversational Yiddish or, you know, any other Yiddish. Yeah, because also if you think about it, it's not even like you were really learning the language. It was more like you were just learning your lines, like learning words to say. So I guess if you think about it that way, it wasn't it wasn't like you were actually yeah, learning. Yeah, that's like, actually really, like, really interesting. Like, I didn't even I think about it that languages way. Languages in an opera, I feel like it was kind of like that. Right. Yeah, 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 that's true. I remember in choir in high school, that's actually true. I sang, we sang all different kinds of languages. And I remember there was one song in Russia and I guess, yeah, we, and like my, my choir teacher would be like, oh, like you're singing, I love you and all this stuff. And I was like, cool. That means absolutely nothing to me, but cool. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, the fact that it was in another language is just like totally beyond me. Um, but I'm, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm re- I know it's, I know it's returning. I know the finer details haven't been announced yet, but I'm excited to see the production itself when it does return um, for the holiday Beautiful. season. It's okay. Yeah. So I know that you were working on a book really recently. Um, can you tell us more about that? I think it's so cool that someone your age wrote their own book. Uh, yeah. Um, when when I went back into Fiddler on the Roof, um, I, when, when it was Uptown, I started um, thinking about like this book that I wanted to write, which I thought was going to be like an interview book. I really wanted to interview everybody in the cast um, and like, you know, see like, what what their thoughts are on the show and everything but um I yeah so I started just by like taking everybody you know aside and like asking them a bunch of questions and then I would go home and I type it all up and then I started like adding my stories in there too and I wrote this book um it's called On the Roof A Look Inside Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish and it's basically shows like tells my whole story um throughout the show like starting with the auditions and all the way like you know through the transfer and all of the just the whole process of rehearsal and everything and what it was like being in like my first off-broadway show and then also i have everyone else's stories in there and they tell everything from their point of view which i think is like the coolest thing ever um and yeah i wrote it and I have been really excited that people have been reading it and um, connecting to it because it's, yeah, it's just so cool. And I I can only imagine people's stories of how they got involved with the show must be so different from each other's. And that's so interesting because you guys all probably had such different notes. <laughs> I'm so excited to read this. That's, that is yeah, the so, audition so, so stories awesome. are yeah. my favorite. My friend, my friend Jody, um, she tells her whole audition story of she was auditioning for 
Fiddler on the Roof in English, the tour, at the same time as Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Like, literally, it was happening at one studio and the other studio, and, like, she had a flight to catch, and, you know, she just happened to be able to make this audition, and it's just, it's so wonderful and crazy how it all worked out for everyone. Oh, yeah. The other thing I was going to ask, actually, is I remember when um, this production of Fiddler was first announced for the Jewish Museum, like, way back, whatever, in, like, what was it, 2018, 2019? Um, Was there, I mean, there must have been some chatter in the cast about, oh, like, because there was just a Fiddler on the Roof revival that had just closed on Broadway with Danny Burstein. I'm assuming because that was right on Broadway, the huge theater whatever there must have been some chatter like were you guys like oh i wonder if we're gonna do well i wonder if this is gonna affect it like right we we honestly because it started off as like oh this is a four-week run i feel like the stakes were pretty low for everyone starting like it was like it was all like we're doing fiddler on the roof in yiddish this is so interesting and new but it wasn't something that was like, oh my god, this is going to be like the next like commercial sensation. So when it actually started getting like big turnout and big like press and, and awards and everything, it was just like so surprising and, and wonderful. And, and like we knew, you know, from from rehearsal, like we knew we had a special show, but we didn't, you know, think of it as like something that was going to have such a a large life so yeah there wasn't really like worry about it because the expectations weren't really at least you know for me coming into it like it wasn't like high expectations of like this is going to be like a two-year thing so yeah and was it kind of well received like what i mean obviously it was but i mean in terms of like stage dooring and people coming up to you after the show i'm sure people really really appreciated that um, for people that still speak yeah, the language. Yeah, totally. Our, our audiences were amazing. And, and, you know, people would come up and they would, all the time, they would say, like, I started looking at the the super titles, but by the end of it, like, I wasn't looking at the super titles. And I, I can't believe I loved a show in Yiddish so much. Or, like, you know, they would just really connect to the production in a way that, you know, you don't expect, we didn't expect, like, so many people um to connect to something you know that's not in their language but they yeah they real they really did and and it really um touched a lot of people including like i had some friends come that were just like oh my gosh like this production was so amazing and i was like i was just so happy that like you know people feel that way it's it's really cool when when something is when something is like a favorite show to someone it's like that's so cool yeah, no, I, I remember when Georgia no, went definitely. and she texted me and she was like, I really was like not expecting to like this, but I loved it. Like it was so good. I remember because I was at your apartment that summer. I don't think you were home because the show is so long that if there, it was like a Wednesday or something, you probably didn't even have time to come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I remember she was telling me about how much she loved it. And that was the first time I was like so intrigued by it. Um, <laughs> I think that was the summer she was working at Dormify, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, cool. So I'm so, I'm so excited to eventually see it. So yeah. Um, I feel like that's pretty much all we want to talk about, about your career. But before we go, we always like to do a few little fun things towards the end. Um, 
first of all, I feel like this question is such a basic question and it's just like not asked enough to get some podcasts. We always like to ask, what is your favorite musical ever and why? I love Into the Woods because I I love fairy tales. And it is just so, the show is just so, I mean, it's Sondheim, so obviously, but it's so layered with all of these different meanings and lessons. And I just feel like every time I watch it or listen to it, I I connect with a different piece of it. And, and I feel like it, it can connect to, you know, different people in that way but I just I learned so much from it and I I love the songs and I love the stories and I've just I just watch it on repeat on YouTube all the time (laughs) that no I love Into the Woods I want to see it on Broadway so bad I don't live in New York so it's it's not probably not gonna happen for me unfortunately I went went with Lauren Taylor Um, don't worry but we did see it oh I'm so jealous um I feel like yeah we need to talk about that um but I have one more question, Sammy. Um, what do you have like on deck? Like, do you have any plans or anything for anything that you're going to be doing in the future or the um, near future? This this weekend, I'm doing. I'm really excited. Um, well, I guess I don't know when this podcast comes out, but <laughs> um, but this weekend, I'm really excited. I'm going to the drama bookshop um, to do a little book signing and and a little singing. Um, for this book I wrote about Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. <laughs> um, it's called On the Roof, A Look Inside Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. And yeah, we're going to like sign books and we're going to sing Matchmaker. And I'm just like so excited for that. <laughs> um, all right. So before we outro, we always like to let our guests choose a song to close off with. So it can be any song. It can be a song from Into the Woods. It can be a song that you just like really like right now. Um, it does not have to be a theater song. Literally whatever song is on your mind right now, we're going to close with. Um, so yeah. It's it's definitely it's gonna, definitely be, gonna be, be into the woods. <laughs> Perfect. Well then we'll cue into the woods and thank you so much, Sammy Han, for um coming and talking to us. Do you wanna tell them really quick before we uh hit stop where we where they can buy your book? Um, or yeah, any any bookstore or online, um Barnes and Noble, Amazon. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate your time. And yeah, let's cue some into the woods. The cow was white as milk, the cape as red as blood, the hair as yellow as corn, the slipper as pure as gold. The cow was white as milk, the cape as red as blood, the hair as yellow as corn, the slipper as pure as gold. I still wish to go to the festival. The cow was white as milk, the but cape as red as blood, the hair as yellow as corn. I know, I'll visit Mother's grave, the cliff the willow tree, and tell her I just want to go to the king's festival. Into the woods, it's time to go. It may be all in vain, I know. Into the woods, but even so, I have to take the journey. Into the woods, the path is straight, you know it well. But who can tell? Into the woods to lift the spell. Into the woods to visit mother. Into the woods to sell the cow. To get the money. To go to the festival. Into the woods to grandmother's house. Into the woods to grandmother's house The way is clear, the light is good I have no fear, nor no one should The woods are just trees, the trees are just wood No need to be afraid, there's something in the glade there Into the woods to get the thing that makes it worth the journey. 
Into the woods to see the king To sell the cow To make the potion To see, to sell, to get, to bring, to make